this is a special day today. Amen. <laughs> now, I've been pastoring for a lot of years. I, I pastored for 13 and a half years up in uh, West Branch at New Life Christian Church, and uh, just um, in my uh, 11th, actually finished my 12th year in July here, and pretty soon uh, be 13 years uh, being here. And so, 25 years, and in all 25 years, I've not had the great honor and pleasure of having this man of God be with us on a Sunday morning. I, I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm able to have him here once a year, and that's a beautiful thing. But I want to introduce to you my spiritual father and my pastor, a man who travels the globe. Uh, at last count that I know of, a pastor to probably over 800 different pastors across the planet and mentor to thousands friend to uh, even more than that, and I want us to give a warm, warm Resurrection Life Church welcome to Dr. Mark T. Barclay. Praise God. Thanks, Rick. I love you, man. Proud of you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Be seated. You're so awesome. I love this church. I thank God for you. I love your pastors. You know, we're blessed here to have you in the state of Michigan like this. You may or may not realize it. Most of you probably do. But this church has become a real stronghold uh, for the kingdom of God and against the work of the enemy. And so thank God for your faithfulness. I mean it. And thank God that you just dig in and keep going no matter what happens. Amen. That's what we have to do now. And we're in the last of the last days. You probably do not need me to come to tell you that. Uh, but we are, and the Bible is unfolding now. Panoramic views, technicolor, of just what the Lord said would happen in these days is happening. Both, uh, you know, the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence, the famine, you know, and then the deterioration of society. You know, I, um, I was reading the other day. I still read my Bible. I know your pastor does. Amen. We check on each other once in a while. And uh, in the book of Timothy, it talks about perilous times, times life filled with danger, perils. You military infantry especially would know probably what like a minefield is. That's what we called it in my day. And uh, hidden explosives, it just creates a whole walk perilous. You never know. You have to uh, be really well-trained. Did you hear that? You have to be really well-trained, and you have to know what to look for. And uh, God, through the Apostle Paul, said to Pastor Timothy, so we know he's addressing the church, and on these perilous times, he did not list an earthquake, a war, a rumor of war, pestilence, famines. Now, now it's mentioned at other places, of course, Jesus, in like Matthew 24, really warned us about things everywhere kind of going haywire and disconnected, and, and, and we know that. That's the day we live in. But in this case, the apostle said to the pastor, you have to get ready because, and then he lists a whole list of how people would misbehave. They would love themselves more than God, they would love the world more than truth. They would turn rebellious. They would uh, even attack God's word. 
we're watching globally even, but right here in our own state, we're watching former church members attack the very churches that they help build. So it's perilous. It causes damage, in other words. Now, you and I know there's no way the devil can take us out. Jesus said, I'll build my church. You're one of them. I'll build my church, and uh, all the way to the gates of hell cannot prevail. They might warfare. They cannot prevail against us. And so I got thinking on my way over here today, you know, this church here, we're, many of us are very grateful for you. And, um, and I mean that. Uh, Living Word in Midland, we feel like you're our sister church or we're yours. We salute you and we're very grateful that we can have friendship with you and that we can stand together to win our state. The end is here. We don't know what that really means because the Lord never gave us a date. But we know there can't be a lot of time. In fact, as you read your scriptures, nothing biblically needs to happen between right now and the catching away of the church. Now, things will happen between now and the actual second coming. We know that. And so here we are, the last day's army. You're part of that. Your company's part of that. And so thank God for you. And then I got thinking about what you have here is so precious. This facility is beautiful. It didn't come without cost and without work. We all know that. If you're visiting today, before you leave, thank a member that they created such a nice building for us to come to. It's beautiful. It represents our God very well. Thank you for that. Now, you know what else we have here? You have a tremendous pastor. Now, amen. Thank you for that. It's the truth. Amen. Uh, I'm not flattering anything. We're, I'm very secure in our friendship, and, and I feel comfortable with you. There's no flattery. I'm probably not very good at that anyways. But you, you really do have a rock-solid pastor. They stay put. They're still together. You know, they're not drunks. They're not druggies. They're not liars. I know, uh, Pastor Rick, don't get mad at me, he's not gay, and uh, he's proven that, and he's not an, let me finish so you don't throw nothing, he's not an adulterous man, you have proof of that. Paul said, you've tested my very lifestyle, I've come and gone from you, and that's what they've done, so when I look at your strength, I say, yeah, you not only have a beautiful building that represents our God well, you have a strong pastor that loves you, prays for you. He's not afraid to tell you the truth. You know, if you've been here a while, you know he, they, will make any adjustment they need to to keep this vessel on the path of God, keep this church on the path of God. Thank God for that. Which brings me to this. You have a holy man with a Bible in his hand. What else do you want? What are you looking for? This is a Bible church. I know that. You know that if you attend here. You will find that out if you're visiting and you stay here. We believe in the Bible cover to cover. Yes. Amen. And we're doing our best to teach. I know your pastor is and, and uh, you know, Diane is and other voices that, are, that share the desk. We're just trying to teach us all the Bible and make sure we know our role as last day's Christians. Yes. Amen. Say amen. amen. And then... Uh, I agree with Pastor Rick when he got up and said this anointing is uh, so good and strong here today. Yeah. But then again, isn't it always? Yeah. 
when we come here and meet together like this? Do you know why? Because Jesus attends this church. I would love to tell you that Jesus attends every gathering everywhere, but I could not honestly do that. But I can guarantee you this. You could guarantee me even better because I only come here when I can. You come here all the time. The Lord attends this church. What a valuable, precious thing. And then I think about the congregation here. Not everybody has fellow members like this that believe in you, that will stand with you in a time of trouble, that will be there when you need someone to pray with you, put an arm around you, walk through the fire, walk through the, the ditch with you. But you can count on that here. It's proven. I'm not just talking. If you attend here regularly, you know I'm telling you the truth. This is a powerful, wonderful congregation. So when, and there's other beauties of this church. So when you start adding up what you got here, God has really helped you build a great church. And I believe that you're in your finest hour. I'm going to prophesy that over you. I'll be bold enough to say the Lord says you're in your finest hour. You're going to reach more people than you've ever reached before. May it be, uh, amen, may it be your family members. You have family members that need a touch of God, put your hands to heaven. Father, I agree right now. I have family members, and uh, we want them to come into the kingdom. We don't want anybody to be damned and go to hell. We want everybody to be born again and washed by the blood of the Lamb. And so we ask you, we ask you to anoint us to go get them and bless them and, and break the powers of darkness off from them so they can love you and serve you. And if they won't hear us, then you said, pray to the Lord of harvest. That's you. That's you, my Lord. That you would send forth laborers. Send them. You know where every one of our friends are. You know where every one of our, our loved ones are. Send a laborer. We'll go. But if they won't, if they won't receive us, send somebody. They'll receive. Master, you have workers in every realm of life every realm of life send somebody to rescue our loved ones i pray that in jesus name amen. say amen. amen matthew chapter one would you turn there with me matthew one come on pastor's been bragging to me all day of what a bible church you are so i would expect to see a bible or maybe a device with a bible app on it praise god Matthew 1, help us, Lord, to just study a few minutes together on this powerful Sunday morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is one of my very favorite verses of all times. I kind of call it also my Christmas verse. But uh, being it's Christmas season, it kind of fits uh, maybe a little better even. But I live by it all year long. And here we go. Help us, Lord. Matthew 1. We'll just go to 21. This is the angel coming to talk to Joseph. He's, uh, you know, with Mary, and uh, she's a child, but he knows it's not his, of course. It's God. 21, this is the announcement. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Everybody shouted at me once. Jesus. Now here's my statement that I live by. For he shall save his people 
from their sins. Again, for he shall save his people from their sins. I got studying that one day, and I realized the word sins here is relating to your old nature. Your new nature will not sin against God. Your, your spirit bears witness with his spirit constantly that you are a son or daughter of God. Your spirit man doesn't need much, if anything. Your soul needs to be renewed, restored, cleansed. Your mind needs to be renewed and cleansed by the water and the word of God. That's one of the reasons we keep coming back to church. Even after you've been for many years and you know a lot of things we're going to teach, if you stick around with the Lord and you stick around with us, you're going to hear Pastor Rick and Diane repeat some things. But didn't you when you were raising your kids? I wish my kids would have learned to brush their teeth on the first uh, lecture or <laughs> something like that. So it always reminds me, I was in a minister's conference, and a minister asked me, well, Doc, you know the verses say you have 10,000 teachers, but few fathers. What's the difference? I said, well, a good teacher will give you five ways to clean your room. A dad says, I'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> Major difference. So I, when I got studying this out, you know, in the Hebrew Bible, it, ha, it uses the word iniquity, and it uses the word transgression or transgressions, plural. Iniquity is of the old nature. It's in here. It's in here. Transgressions is what this iniquity would tempt you or cause you to do as an act whether it's verbal, attitude, behavior, against God's word. So the old nature has iniquity. It's born, it was birthed after Adam, like it or lump it. The new nature is birthed after Christ. Thank God for that. Everybody say, I am a partaker of his divine nature. It reminds me of a poem I learned from one of my fathers in the faith. You knew Dr. Hicks, Roy Hicks. He was the boss over one of the largest Pentecostal denominations in the world. And he was one of my dads. And Brother Hicks, I believe he wrote this poem. I, can't, I haven't found it anywhere else. But I went to Bible college in uh, Los Angeles, a, a Pentecostal theology school in the 1970s. Yes, I'm, I don't look that old. <laughs> and if I do, do not bring that up and ruin my day. Just, just... See me pretty or something, will you? And so Dr. Hicks had this poem. I've lived by it. Maybe, maybe you've heard it, maybe not. Maybe you should live by it if you're not. I have two natures within my chest. Still with me? Remember old nature, new nature? I have two natures within my chest. One is cursed. The other's blessed. The one I love, the other I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. And I learned, I've been born again since 72, and I've learned this just walking through my life. You can feed that old nature anytime, Mark Barkley, that you want to. You can, you can hold grudges if you want to. That old nature's in there. 
It's not supposed to be activated. You should starve it, crucify it, and follow the great nature, the divine nature of Jesus Christ. That's our life now. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. Praise God. Wave at heaven or something. Say, thank God I'm born again. Come on. We are born again. But if you feed that old nature, it'll grow. It'll throw tantrums still. You can get mad. I know people get mad and cuss, and they don't cuss. It's that old nature cussing. They wouldn't go around using language the Bible says not to use. They're Christians. See, that? so whatever, holding grudges, you know, uh, the whole fear thing. I love that. That last song we sang was so powerful, man. Wow, that ministered to me for sure. You know, so we we want to starve out that old guy and just live in the new divine nature, live like Christ. You know, there's a thing in Galatians that's explained, the works of the flesh compared to the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the personality of Jesus Christ. It's to replace the attributes and traits of the old man in here, the old nature, the old iniquity, driven nature. So we don't hate, we love. We're, we, we, you know, we don't live in depression. We have joy, the joy of the Lord. Yeah. We don't live in turmoil and, and always pursuing some strife thing. No, we have peace. So when you look at, you know, the nine gifts of the Spirit, you know, three of them are so you can walk with God and not offend him. I don't mean like easily offended. You know what I mean. Not grieve him or quench him is a better biblical term. You, three or so you can walk with others and be able to survive around other people. You all look so pretty and pious this morning and religious, but you might know there's some church members that aren't the sweetest people. Do not look around right now. Actually, I wish you would and quit looking at me. And three of the fruit of the Spirit is so you can live with yourself, not live in self condemnation and fear and always belittling yourself and so it's so important to take on this personality of Jesus Christ love joy peace gentleness meekness good nine of them and that's better than any works of the flesh which is listed in the same chapter of Galatians that that old nature will present to us now here's where let me keep going a minute and so Jesus came. This is, what the, this is the first announcement to Joseph about Mary. Don't, don't be concerned, son. This is a supernatural miracle by God. Now, we, you never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of such a thing since. There's only one begotten son. If a lady's pregnant today, she had to have had a man. And same with that day, except for what we call the virgin birth and the immaculate conception that was a miracle total miracle life by God and he announces this angel to Joseph don't put her away don't get rid of her she has not sinned against you she's going to bring forth a son we read it you know it call him Jesus Yeshua or God's salvation is what it means to man and here's my phrase I'm, I read it I come and we'll say it again for he has come to deliver 
his people from their sin. But that means iniquity. That means me, my old nature. Not just a couple acts of transgressions. You know, the Bible in the modern Bible, the English Bible, it uses, it doesn't always say iniquity and transgression. It says the word sin, singular, or sins, plural. Same difference, iniquity, transgression, sin in here. The act of sins against God's word and against him. And if it, this, this may mean nothing to you. You may know all this and maybe know it better than me. But I'll tell you what it did for me. It, way back when I was a baby Christian, and even now today, I lean on this. I'm honest about it. And it's like, I can literally say, if Jesus came to deliver his people from their old nature, sin, iniquity, that means me. So it's not unlawful or stretching the scriptures to say that Jesus Christ came to deliver Mark Barclay from Mark Barclay. From my old nature. I don't know how you want to say it. We'll talk about me, my dumb thinking. I couldn't tell you how much damage I did to my life and others before I met Jesus. You people... Uh, you young people, and if you have young people in the church, they are so blessed. I had no church whatsoever growing up. I met our Lord in a, in a war zone as a young Marine leader, and uh, 1972 and a half, I say, and I've never turned back. Why would you turn back? I truly believe if you ever really honest to God met my Jesus, you would never allow anything to take you off course, steal you back, take you back, and drive you. It's too real in here. There's an explosion. There's a conversion. There's a redemption. Amen. I got rebuilt, and I'm so glad about it. It took me a while to become a disciple. A lot of people think because they're a convert, or sometimes the church thinks because someone is a convert, gave their life to Christ, that they're also a disciple, but this is not true. And if we don't pay attention to the system of Christ that your pastor's teaching you, you'll bypass true conversion stage, you'll bypass epistleship, and you want to become a disciple, or the church will make you a disciple before you really are one. A convert just simply means, Mark Barkley, you're in the processes of being converted from all of your ways. Not just, I got born again, that's the ultimate, but I needed some help. Anybody in here, when you got born again, needed some help? I sure. I needed help. I might still need some help. I don't do any of the stuff I used to do. Seriously, I don't smoke, drink, I don't cuss, I don't... I honestly, I got baptized in 73, and my wife could testify, the closest person to me. I've never lost my temper since I've been water baptized. Now, I get angry like everybody else, but the Bible says you can get angry, just don't sin with your anger. So we all get angry, but I've never lost my temper. Now, before that, I was a temper tantrum, maximized idiot and I heard a lot of stuff and a lot of people and I'm ashamed of that except for my shame's been washed away because it was before the blood 
It was before the blood. And so I'm so grateful uh, for what's happened in my life. I'm looking at you this morning, and it wasn't you, my friends, but it was a church just like you that put up with me, that helped me. When I come out of the war zone, we went to this Pentecostal church, smaller than yours here today, but uh, they were the real deal. That's what I feel about you, whatever it's worth. Maybe you don't care what I feel about you, but I feel like you're the real deal. Amen. And I know none of us are perfect. We're all being touched by God. And thank God he never quits working on any of us. Amen, Amen. for that. Wave a hand say, keep working on me, Jesus. That's what, that's what I say. Don't, don't turn me loose now. Uh, but it was a church just like yours. You didn't have to help me. That church didn't have to. I was a mess. Seriously, I still drank, smoked, cussed. Even after I was born again. Don't tell me it didn't take. It did. But I needed help. That's where you come in. Now, you didn't make a disciple out of Mark Barclay, but you have no idea the next convert, someone you lead to Christ individually on your own or in this church. You have no idea who that person is yet. They don't have any idea who they are yet in Christ. That's why it takes you. That's why we ask you to be faithful. Come to church. Help us. It means everything. It not only keeps you strong, you know, worship and praise like this and prayer like what I witnessed this morning and friendship, com comradeship in Christ. Sure, there's personal benefit. But we need you to be the strongest disciples you have ever been. And I feel this. I see this in the spirit. We're going after this world. And we're not going to let them go to hell on our watch without doing something about it. It's not, we're not going to come to church, sing a song, do a dance, uh, be happy while people around us are just going to hell. That's not the real church. We're not doing that. I don't believe you're doing that here. I'm just saying. But I see the sinners running upon us. They're desperate. They have no hope. You think you're fighting darkness, and you, and you may be, because there's like this gray cloud of wickedness over our country. But imagine how people live who don't have Christ, or worse yet, they know about him and don't live for him. And things are just whacking on them every day. Uh, many can't sleep at night. And that's where we come in. So I came into the church, just like yours, as a new convert. Already born again, I met the Lord, as I mentioned, in, uh, in a war zone. And I, we went to church, Pentecostal church, had a pastor uh, not as nice as yours. <laughs> no offense, he was a, he was a very, I, but I needed a strong guy, you know what I mean by that? He was no pushover, and uh, he, him and that church taught me, trained me, disciplined me they never once condoned me and my wrongdoings hear me but they never once condemned me they never said what i was doing is okay they never said we don't care if you're drinking smoking cussing it by, probably back then i'm still choking guys you know and punching them and and that's what we did as sinners and they never said you know you you can't be here you got to leave here uh, uh, never condemn me Never condone me. Never once said it's okay. 
What did they say? Mark, don't give up on us. This is what they said. Don't you give up on us as a church because we're disciple makers here in this church. We will get you fixed. Eventually, we'll get you delivered. You don't have to talk like this anymore. You don't have to live like this anymore. You can break all this bondage that, that, that you and the Lord wants out of your life if you just present yourself to the body of Christ. You know, there's um, three baptisms listed in your Bible. There's water baptism. I'm sure you know about that. Water baptism. Follow the example of Christ. Make a public announcement. You're a Christian in front of everybody. And then, uh, you know, for the remission of sins. It takes out old nature and puts it in remission. So it, you, get a, you get a start to live outside of the old nature driving you. Then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's a spirit-filled church. And I'm sure you know about that. To be filled with God. Uh, yeah, born again, but also just filled to overflowing. Yeah. But did you know there's another baptism called baptism into the body of Christ? New Testament. And a lot of people maybe get baptized in water and maybe also get baptized in the Spirit. But if you don't stick around long enough for us to submerge you into the anointing of the entire body of Christ, that's one of the things. Can I testify? It's one of the things that changed Mark Barclay's life was the body of Christ. It's you not being fake. It's you being the real deal. It's you helping a guy like me. A pastor can't spend that much time on every convert that is born again here or spend that much time. It takes you. You got, you got to start. You probably do. I'm not pointing it at you like you don't do it. It, it. it took that church to take me in. Now, a pastor dealt with me, and I'm ever so grateful. I, I never left him. I walked him to the grave. He died a couple years ago, my first pastor. And uh, I told him, I told him all along those years, uh, I told him on his deathbed, Pastor, Mark Barkley would not be a disciple today. I would not be serving God today, most likely, if it wasn't for your input in my life and the congregation we had that didn't condemn me and drive me out and belittle me, but they never said what I was doing was okay. They grabbed hold of your hand on pastor's hand here and, uh, you know, just painting the picture. Pastor's hands here and the congregation here and I'm in between and I got it from both sides. Come on. Come they got me delivered. Wow. I am not joking. That's how powerful you are. Yes. You, you, maybe you know if you have a background like mine. You try to quit drinking. I, I couldn't. I hated it. I hated it. It had me bound. I can close my eyes right now and see myself sitting on the, my, my, our family doctor, Harrison, Michigan, is a village I grew up in. Dr. Wilson was his name, old doctor. I was in there with my mama. I'm sitting up on the little bench thing. I believe I was nine years old. And the doctor looked at me, examined me, looked at my mom and said, Mrs. Barkley, your son, me, will never see, this is how he said it, will never see 18, 19, 20 years old. He's bleeding inside from alcohol. 
he's an alcoholic. Now, people stare at me when I say that, especially naive people who were never raised in a drinking family. There was booze everywhere. Someone said, how does a nine-year-old kid become an alcoholic? Are you kidding me? It's in the fridge, it's in the cup holder, it's left on the table. Then I found out my mama died just a few days before 90 years old, not too long ago. I said, Mom, you know, I keep thinking about that day in the doctor's office. It, it, isn't it something what sticks with you? I was nine years old. I'm 71. Well, I was 69, I think, when I asked her this question. I said, how did that happen? And my mama hung her head, and tears started coming down her face. I said, Mom, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. I love my mama. Thank God for mothers, man, I'm telling you. Thank God. And so she said, Mark, I lived all my life hoping you'd never ask me this question. I'm so ashamed of it. I said, well, what does that mean? She said, when you were a little squirt, I hadn't quite weaned you from the sucky bottle. So I'd put juice in there, something, and you, you wore these bib overhauls like my grandpa, he, who was a farmer, and uh, you'd stick that in your back pocket or it had a little side pocket. And you get out running and playing, and ever so often you take it out and take a hit or two and put it back. And I didn't know, son, I, I swear to God, I didn't know that our relatives who were all drinkers put alcohol and stuff in that juice so that, because they thought it was funny when you start slurring your speech and staggering around. And when I, when I found it, I took care of it with them for you. I dealt with them but I somehow couldn't stop them. And by nine years old, your life was in big, big trouble. It's what happens, I guess, when you belong to a family that's all devil-owned, devil-driven, no gospel. We had no gospel. We have no, there's no Bible. Well, there was a family Bible, big old thing, but really it was like my mom's safe. She'd open it up, put some papers in there, and close. We never read it. It was just on the table. That's why you're so blessed. You're being taught the Bible. You're teaching your kids, your young adults, your babies. Get them here the minute you can get them. The minute you know, just get them here. There's an anointing here. They, or, or you, you would never want any of your kids to turn out like I did. You just wouldn't. But then there's the beauty of the church. I'm not boring you, am I? Because I'm helping myself right now. Mm. The blood of Jesus, the work of the church, the anointing on a pastor, the wonderful word of God, the redeeming presence of the great Holy Spirit, the mixture anointings that it takes, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, your gift, mine, and others to take a raw guy like me and make a disciple that will last forever. My first pastor said to me when I was just starting to go to church, you know, he said, uh, come in here, Mark. And we were in the church building. I walked in his office. I said, sir, he said, uh, I want you to know that I'm an absolute expert disciple maker. I'm thinking... Okay. 
I don't know why he's telling me. My, I don't know why he's telling me, but okay, yes, sir. He said, if I make a disciple out of you, son, it'll last until you take your last breath. That's how good I am. I said, okay. <laughs> then he pointed to his door. He said, you see that door? Yes, sir. I don't have time to mess around with you. You hear me, son? Because there are other people that desperately want to be the disciple that I could turn them into. I just soon do it for you. I feel led to do it for you. But if you're going to spend it and cast it before swine and go back to the world, listen, Mark, you and Vicki and the babies can come to church all you want to. I'll preach to you. I'll pray for you. I'll love you. But I am not spending discipleship time with you if it's not going to take. So there's the door. Go. Be blessed. I'll see you at church. Get what you can. And so I stood there for like, it took me a long time, like one second, <laughs> to say, no, pastor, that's what I want. These people that go to your church, they're so far ahead of me. I, they know things. I, I don't know these things. So you, you, it's like you, uh, brothers and sisters. You know so much. You have such a Bible base that we just refer to verses and refer to biblical stories, and you know, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, I remember that. Well, I didn't have any of that. You don't have that if you don't go to church, you weren't raised in the Bible. I didn't have any of that. And here's a good illustration to remember. Pastor taught on the unjust servant, how he was forgiven of everything, but he went out and got another man by the throat and would not forgive. He got turned in, and the Lord of that story called him back and said, all your forgiveness is canceled. You'll be turned over to the tormentors. I think I know some of them by name from my past <laughs> before Christ experience. You'll be turned over to the tormentors until you pay the whole price. Well, how do you do that? That's impossible. I don't know the full depth of that because my, my heart and mind doesn't want to go. I mean, could that mean his salvation was canceled? I don't know. I don't think so, but that's what I mean. My brain can't go there, and I don't want to go there. But when I heard that message, this is why I don't get mad at me now and don't leave and don't throw anything. That wasn't a heavy commitment. I went in the pastor's office, and I said, Pastor, give me his name. He goes, what are you talking about? That guy's name, give it to me. I was still training Marines then. Certainly not fixed yet. <laughs> Born again, not fixed yet. Thank you for not judging me too harshly right now. I said, give me his name. Whose name? Pastor, listen, uh, it can be off the record. We Marines have a way to deal with guys like this. You give me his name, and by tonight, his unjust servanthood will be ended. We have a way to fix these kind of guys' attitude. He, and so, Pastor, I couldn't tell you how many times my first pastor said, Mark, you have a fat head. Sit down right here. <laughs> I think I need to spend a little bit of time with you about this message. Oh, you don't want me to go fix him. No, son. No. You, you missed the whole story. That's my point. That's my point. So a lot of people are going to come to us, both the ones you win. Because I know this church, like a lot of churches, but I know for sure your church is activated. You're doing everything you can to reach everybody you can, yes. get them born again, yes. if you can, get them in the house of God. By the way, you can just kind of feel yes. 
that fresh anointing for that here when you come here. You may not be and you come here all the time. Maybe you do, but I do. But I believe they're going to run upon us. Amen. I think sinners know where we're at. They know they're desperate. They've tried everything to medicate themselves, and it's not working. And they're going to run upon the church. we got to be ready for that. Amen. So that we, because you may get them born again. Some of them might just be prodigals and backsliders, but they're not fixed yet. Right. And you're the fixers. Amen. You're the fixers. Remember the story of Lazarus dying and he was a friend of Jesus' family and Mary and Martha and all them. He died. Jesus raised him from the dead. I'm sure you at least know that story a little bit. And I love it because it again fits my, my walk with God. So Jesus yells to the tomb, Lazarus, come forth! And he does. <coughs> they even told Jesus, you know, He's been dead too long. They didn't embalm bodies. And so, come forth. And he did. But the Bible says he was bound uh-huh. hand and foot. Uh-huh. He wasn't free. He was just alive. That was Mark Barclay. I got born again. I wasn't dead to the grave, the old. No. But I was still bound. And you know what Jesus did? You do. Because you're a Bible church. Jesus looked at his disciples he didn't, he didn't say, oh, Lazarus, you're so bound. Be free. No, he didn't. He turned to his disciples and said, loose him and let him go free. That's what you did for me. The church just like you. They took that duty. Sure, I was born again. I swear by it. But it took the church to... Get the grave clothes, the old lifestyle off of me, man. It really did. It did. And I'm grateful. That's why I've lived all my life, I mean, in the church. Uh, I wish I'd been raised in the church. I'm sure my life had gone different. But somehow in the process of somebody like you doing your ministry reached me. And, uh, And that pastor was right. I submitted to him, it was not easy to keep putting the flesh under when that's all you've ever lived by, to get your mind renewed. You know, when we, when we charismatic say the renewing of the mind, we almost make it sound romantic. It's not romantic, it's tough work. You got to tell your brain to shut down, shut up. Think like Jesus. That's dumb thinking, Mark. That's stupid thinking. That's... Stinking thinking, Barclay. And you got to, it, it's a process yeah. to learn that scripture and to trust that voice. Yeah. That's why Satan doesn't want you to trust a preacher. He doesn't want you to trust the church because he knows the end result is just going to make you better wow. and better and better and better. Raise both hands to heaven. Yeah. Would you take a minute? Thank God you're not only a convert, but the Lord has made a, or is making a disciple out of you so you can walk with him the days of your life, the days of your life, we can walk with him. He's come to deliver his people from their sin. I want to remind you before I sit down, I'm going to pray over you. Um, One of the greatest stories in your Bible, again, we always read it like a Christmas story, but it's there all the time. 
And it's a story of the birth of Jesus Christ, which is not just for December and Christmas. It's when we celebrate it the greatest, the most attentive. Don't you love it? Decorations, lights, you know. I hear even Christian Christmas music in the stores, all around town. We were somewhere, and it was playing in the city street outside the little town, a, a, a beautiful Christian song. I love it. I'm grateful we celebrate Christ like this. But we Christians, we kind of do it, I think. You should. I do. I think you do. Every day of our life. No, I don't think you decorate. and Maybe you do, but I don't think so. So here's, it says that there was a bright star. You know about that. In the sky. And people noticed it. Kings. What are they outside looking up? Someone else must have brought them the report. You ought to see this star, man. It's like extremely big, unusual, and bright. The, and then they heard angels singing. I mean, this is quite a deal. I don't think there's any other place where everybody went outdoors and there was a bright star and angels were singing, or just angels singing. But it didn't stay put. The shepherds saw it. The wise men saw it. The king saw it. But here's the beauty, my friend. That star moved, and they followed it all the way until it stopped moving right on top of where Jesus was. You're that bright star. You will probably, most likely, if you prefer, maybe, be the only person in some people's lives, neighbors, family, people you work with or around, I don't know. You may be the only bright star they ever meet. But if you follow Jesus, they're going to follow that bright star. They're going to follow you. That's why no matter what goes on in our life, good or not so, we follow, we follow to the house of God because this is where we come to meet Jesus. Now, he's in your heart. I know that. He can be in your home. I know that. But this is where we celebrate together. So that bright star, that's you. So they watch you go to the house of God. They watch you go to the house of God. They watch you, bright star, go to the house of God. They're taken in by you and your brightness. Don't be alarmed if you get around sinners, you know, and they act like it was dark and you just flick the light on and because you're a bright star. You're supposed to be. And as long as you chase our master, as long as you stay in his house, stay in his word, live at these altars, I declare over you, in fact, raise a hand at me right now. I declare over you, bright star, that just like the Lord used the star in the sky back in his birth, on this holiday season, he's going to use you. You're going to bring people. They're going to follow you. They're going to see the brightness. The Bible says in Matthew, let your light so shine before men that they will see you of your good works and therefore glorify your Father which is in heaven. That bright star. So Lord, give us a special anointing, a special favor upon us to witness, to evangelize, to touch our family, 
the love walk to bring them into this great kingdom. There are so many, Lord, just like me. They still need you. Keep working on me, Jesus. Keep working on all of us. Make us better and better and smarter and smarter, more and more like you. Oh, we thank you for it. You want to just praise him a minute? Come on. That's my alarm. Let's just praise him a minute. How we say another sermon has died. I was preaching, one of my longtime friends is Kenneth Copeland. I, I tell the story. I was preaching for him, Rick, at one of his minister's conferences, and my alarm went off. Kenneth's sitting there, and he's shaking his head. I turned it off. He goes, yeah, it takes taps to stop a Marine. <laughs> okay. Let's worship him. Oh, Jesus. We love you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Thank you, such a great church. Thank you for our pastor here. Thank you for him and Diane. And we're blessed to have a team like this of other leaders and Thank you for this congregation. They're the real deal. They may not even feel it, Lord, but they're certainly making an impact on their communities. Thank you you go to this church. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. We honor you. We want to get converts. We want to turn them into epistles so they can live this gospel life and then disciple so they can help us do the work of God. Many will enter ministry, and we love you for it. We thank you for it. Everybody start to say, I receive this anointing on my life. And praise him. If you can, praise him in a heavenly language. Do that. Praise him in a heavenly If you're not filled with the Spirit, say, Lord, fill me right now, please, and let me have my prayer language. Or just pray in your native tongue. Thank you, Lord. I prophesy over this church, over this ministry. I prophesy over this congregation. We are lovers. We are forgivers. And we are contagious. We are so, our bright light is going to shine upon the darkness. People are going to run out from under that dark canopy of demonic forces. They're going to come to you through us. They're going to find us, and they're going to attend Res Life. By the dozens and dozens and dozens, we claim these souls properly so by the blood of Jesus and in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. Amen. 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 Come on, Pastor Rick. God bless you. Merry Christmas, everybody. I love you. Hallelujah. Thanks, man. Praise God. Praise Come God. Come on, praise, praise good. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Hallelujah. I love the way the Holy Spirit works. And I don't know if you caught it. I mean, he went down the same line in Scripture that I've been going over the last two weeks. And one of the focal points of my messages have been that he came to seek and save those who are lost. And so, praise God. Hallelujah. Were you blessed? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God.